our hearts, uh, and we take authority over every uh, spiritual force that would try and block revelation, block people from hearing correctly. We command you and we cast you down in the name of Jesus. Even on those watching by the internet, we take authority over every foul spirit that would interfere with your hearing and receiving the word of God. And we thank you, Lord, for blessing us with your holy word in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen again. So we're going to continue talking about the fact that Jesus walked in divine health. And one of the reasons, you know, there are many, um, him being the son of God isn't a consideration because he renounced all of his heavenly wealth, amen, status, uh, position, uh, amen, and he came down as the son of man. So he functioned on earth as a son of God, but he had such a relationship with God that he was able to navigate through every situation uh, with righteousness, amen, and, and without sin. And that's a, 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 um, an example for us that we can live the same way, amen, if we just continue to follow in his footsteps, do as he would do and be as he would be in all situations. And so if you'll turn to Luke chapter 4, we'll continue. We'll talk about how Jesus rose to power. Amen. How do we rise to power uh, in God's kingdom? Because we need to have the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome the temptation to yield to sickness. So really, sickness is a temptation. It's a test just like everything else. And you have the option to yield to it, believe it, and embrace it, or you have the option to resist it. Now, people don't look at it that way because they, they want to think that everybody gets sick. Sickness is very common, and it is in the natural realm. But we are not natural people, amen? We are spirit-born, blood-bought, spirit-filled individuals and our power and our living emanates from a kingdom that is not of this world. So we are otherworldly people. We have otherworldly uh, endowments. We have otherworldly um, identification. Everything about us is from uh, the kingdom of, of heaven and the kingdom of our God. And so when we think about it that way, we must have access to an ability beyond the natural ability. And as we yield to that ability, then we find that we have the power to overcome every test and every temptation. So here we have in in Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 1, it says, Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. That's requirement number one. You can't be half-stepping. You can't be taking Granny's old uh, anecdotes and, and church tradition, you've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Edifying yourself, praying in the Holy Spirit. Jesus was fasting. That's what kept him full. Amen? Because there was no room for anything uh, except uh, the, the Holy Spirit manifesting in him. And he said the Spirit led him to the wilderness and being 40 days tested by the devil, and in those days he didn't eat anything. When they were ended afterwards, he was hungry. 
And so Satan always likes to catch us at a vulnerable place so that he can test us and tempt us. Uh, many times he will send um, forces to us to weaken us and make us vulnerable. Amen. You know, sometimes you get involved with, with friends that you admire, you like, and you find there's something not quite right about them, and you put up with it anyway because you want to be connected to people. You know, it's amazing the compromises we make uh, for cheap things. You know, just to be associated with somebody. And as believers, you have to watch your associations. Amen. You have to watch church people. Because there, there are situations where you may think somebody's okay because, well, they're a Christian, they love God, and they talk scripture, we pray, and all this kind of stuff. And, and it's a subtlety of the enemy. That's how, how uh, Satan got Eve's confidence. Amen. Was through subtlety. And so you don't see the, the, uh, uh, evil up front. It gets to be very subtle. It's the same thing with sickness. When it first knocks on your door, the symptoms are kind of benign. We kind of ignore them. Amen. Because this is how we handle things in the natural realm. You know, when you're, when you're, think about before you met the Lord. How did you handle symptoms when they came? You know, so, I won't, I won't ask, I don't want anybody to answer that because I know it varies. Sometimes we all get hysterical, run off to the doctor first thing. And most though, we, we kind of ignore. You know, it's not that bad. But then if it persists for a period of time, that's when we start to pay attention to it. And there's nothing wrong with that approach, except that when you think about the fact that illness is from hell and Jesus has paid the price for it, then we need to be vigilant in how we uh, respond to symptoms. I don't care how minor, I don't care how long they have been there, haven't been there, whatever it is. We have to be vigilant over. I always tell people, I said, fighting the devil is a matter of principle. You just don't let him do stuff and you don't respond and you don't address it. And this is really what the way Jesus handled the, the testing and the temptation of the enemy. So while Jesus was hungry, Satan knew it. He said, if you're the son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of God. Then the devil taking him up to a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said to him, all this power, the power of deception, I will give you and the glory of them, for it's delivered unto me to whomsoever I will give it. If you therefore will worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you'll serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you're the son of God, cast yourself down from here, for it is written, He will give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they'll bear you up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, said to him, uh, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And when the devil had ended, the devil stops after a season, folks. He is not allowed to uh, perpetrate his will on us and afflict us and torment us 24-7. Amen? 
he must stop after a season. The best thing we can do is understand that, but you take the measures you need to stop him. You don't wait for him to stop. You must stop him. Amen. Because if he had his way, he'd take us all to an early grave. Amen. So we have to do the same thing Jesus did. You answer him. Amen. If you see a, a feel a lump somewhere on your body, you talk to that lump and tell, uh-uh, I curse you at the root. You stop growing and disappear. You shrink, shrivel up and die in the name of Jesus. I don't care how big the lump is. Amen. And sometimes the bigger he can do things, the, the better he likes it because he likes to overwhelm us with fear put us in panic amen and so you don't have to be fearful you don't see jesus panicking up in here he gave him the word back now understand satan is a master at perverting the word of god he will give you scripture huh to validate what's going on huh You'll see things like, you'll say, none of these diseases. And he said, well, Paul had something wrong with him. Paul had had a sickness. And he was an apostle. You think you better than Paul is? Now, he's used that lie with Christians forever. And it works. Because <laughs> people believe, because we don't discern enough to understand that once you start delivering him the word, you better back it up with more word. I don't care if you gotta quit talking to him, go get your Bible and pull it out. Just get it out and start reading it to him. Looking devil, listen, let, let me tell you what, what really is the situation. And so, Satan's goal was to get Jesus to receive a counterfeit kingdom. He knew Jesus was headed for glory. Amen. That he would be declared Lord of all. I'm the best. This is a contest between good and evil. Amen. Now, it started, it's like a bar fight. You ever see them old westerns where the uh, the guys come in, somebody comes in the saloon, and he pulls his gun out on somebody, and they start fighting. You see some of the saloon doors swing open, and they then flick somebody out. Well, that's Satan, okay? He started a bar fight, a saloon brawl up in heaven, and he got kicked out. But he keeps trying to get back in. Amen. He'll get back in through us. He tried to get back in through Jesus. He wants back in. And if nothing else, he wants to hinder us from getting there. Amen. And so he's offering Jesus a counterfeit kingdom. Counterfeit to what he knew Jesus was entitled to. If Jesus remains sinless. So he's trying to get him to sin in order to give him a counterfeit. So that Jesus does not get the final authority over him. Amen. So he had to go to Calvary to get final authority on behalf of you and me. On behalf of the blood bought. On behalf of humanity. So Jesus could have stayed in heaven and and been Lord and King. But what about us? So he wants, he came down from glory so that he could pay the price to take us with him. And not leave us in the throes of the devil. And so as he, as he is tested and tempted, he comes out sinless because he lets righteousness speak for him. See, we can't just go to the devil with any old kind of story. Amen. 
and tell him we know this and we know that and all that kind of nonsense. In fact, many people don't even try to address the devil. I can tell you, most Christians, you mention the devil and they just shrink back in fear. There's, there's, uh, denominations and, and Bible schools that will teach you there's no such thing as the devil. There's no such thing as hell. They have all kinds of lies that the devil has fed them so that that he can keep truth from penetrating the minds and the hearts of people. Amen. He's the father of lies and he likes lies. He likes to keep lies going. He likes lies to stay into the earth unchallenged. So as soon as a child or or a son of God or son or daughter of God uh, gets involved with him, God wants us to learn, number one, our authority. He doesn't want us to learn how to just love everybody and be kind and be nice. Huh? You gotta learn how to resist the devil because you got an adversary. It would be nice if you didn't have an adversary. Then you could embrace everybody. You can be like the hippies in the sixties. Remember the flower children? That famous photo of the, the flower child and then there's the military guy with a rifle. He sticks a flower in the, the butt of the rifle. Amen. In the nozzle of the rifle. Well, we're not living like that, folks. I got news for you. That was a perverted form of love. Amen. It had to be perverted because there was free sex involved in it. Amen. I got to have you know sex ain't free. My late husband told me that. Am I right, Poppy? It ain't free. <laughs> Everybody's everything's gonna have to be paid for somewhere now. You might have not have to pay up front, but you're gonna pay at some point. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so so we have to understand that Satan wants to pervert everything. He'll pervert authority. He'll have people just going hog wild and seeing the devil under every bushel. Of course, he is everywhere oftentimes, but that doesn't mean you have to address him. You have to let righteousness speak for you. God will tell you when, where, and how. But when it comes to your health, you address that all the time. Amen. You resist the devil. No, devil, I'm not putting my faith in some fake symptoms that are going to disappear. They are subject to disappear. I'm not putting my confidence in a temporary kingdom. My confidence is in God. So Jesus said no to the devil the whole time he was in the wilderness. His resistance was stated by saying no to Satan and giving him the word. That's what we do. No, Satan. I am redeemed from the curse of sickness. Get off of me in the name of Jesus. So Satan gave him the word as well. Amen. Which is religion. Religion will always give you some fake answer to give to the enemy. Amen. That don't work. And so you have to be like Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit and let your righteousness speak for you. You you dig deep inside your spirit and let let the Holy Ghost start giving you what to say and how to speak. But if you can't come up with anything, quote unquote, original, then hit him with the word. Give him the word. Just tell him, no, get off me. You know, I don't belong to you. Amen. I serve the Lord. It's illegal for you to put anything on my body. So you take it off in Jesus name. 
So Jesus let his righteousness speak for him at all times. And we have to learn how to do that. Stay out of the flesh. Stay out of panic. Stay out of fear. Stay out of, of impatience. Want to have a quick, fast answer. Sometimes, you know, you will speak to symptoms and they may linger for a season. But that doesn't mean that they won't move. Amen. In fact, it might mean that they've moved some anyway and you just can't detect it. This is a faith operation. You have to do things because you believe the word, not because you see something instantly. Amen. So so we have to understand that once righteousness is engaged, amen, right thinking, right standing with God. If there's anything between you and God that's wrong, you've been rebellious, you've been stubborn, you didn't do what you were supposed to do with your money or your time, you got to repent, you got to ask God's forgiveness. And let your righteousness be established and you start to let your righteousness speak for you. Amen. So we have his imputed righteousness in our hearts, which is a no-fail righteousness. Amen. There is, it's a no. There is nothing wrong with your faith. If it takes a while for your symptoms to disappear, understand this. As long as you're right, letting righteousness speak for you, there's nothing wrong with your words, your confession, your faith. There's nothing wrong with you. Amen. So we got to get over trying to search ourselves every time something happens that we think it didn't happen fast enough or we don't think like the way it turned out. Then we go to thinking something's wrong with us. We have to stop that because there's nothing wrong when you stand in faith, when you use God's word and you believe that word, there is nothing wrong with your confession. There's nothing wrong. And I know the devil is obstinate. And many you see didn't leave Jesus right away, kept coming back with some nonsense. He'll do the same thing with us. He'll make us think he's not going or make something wrong with you. You don't have no power. I'm not moving. You know, you think you so and so. You know, now you ain't Norval Hayes, you know how <laughs> that kind of stuff. He'll come up with something like that for you, amen. And so we have to understand that your confession is just as powerful as any other saints. God's no respect. He'll back your words up. But you got to speak them. Amen. You got to speak them. And not be discouraged if it doesn't happen right away. See, we, we, we have to stay encouraged when we use God's word. Amen. Because it will come to pass. You know, God's going to make it happen at some point. But sometimes you need to make it a commitment. To stand against certain things. You have to commit to stand against illness. You have to commit to stand against the wiles of the devil. You have to commit to do these things. So many times God is is waiting for us to really make it a matter of principle. And really commit to fighting the enemy. Before he'll let him go completely. Amen. Banish him completely. So we have imputed righteousness in our hearts. We speak what we speak by faith. And when you speak God's word, that's righteousness. Abraham believed God's word. He took God at his word. He believed God. I like the fact that he believed God because it puts personhood behind God. See, there's a person backing up God's word. Many times we'll talk about the word like in, in, in recent decades the church has has um 
capitalized on the word. Word of faith. Word of the Lord. Uh, I got a word for you. That kind of stuff. Well, there's a person backing up that word. See, if we ever, we ever separate and divorce God's personhood from his word, we're gonna be fighting that, that unknown, say that mystery force that continues to bring doubt to us when we speak the word. Because we don't see ourselves as righteous speaking from the Holy Spirit and God the Father and Jesus are in agreement and they're backing up every word we say. So once you would understand when you speak the word, because it's not just some, some dead blank confession. You know, we talk about confess the word, confess the word. Actually, that divorces the personhood of God from his word. So we have to always include the faithful God, the loving God, the merciful God. We are speaking his word and it's backed up by his character, his love, his mercy, his goodness and his faithfulness. This word will come to pass. Why? Not because you speak it, because God's faithful. Because God's good. Amen. It'll come to pass because he said so. This is his word. And he gives me permission to use it against you, devil. <laughs> Just whoop his head up real good with it. When you make your confession of faith, what you believe, aim it at the devil. Did you hear that say? Did you hear what, you hear what I said? I said it's going to happen. I don't care what you think. I said it's going to happen. Amen. Aim your word somewhere. Don't just, don't just be confessing and mumbling and, you know, and, and, and it's just in your little cubby hole where you are and goes no further. Oh, God would have people declare things, call heaven and earth to record what you say. Amen. You, you need to understand the power of your word because heaven and earth does record what we say, good and bad. So that'll fix you from saying crazy stuff all the time. Amen. I have to watch myself sometimes. You know, if I get up slow, I have to make myself not grunt. You know, got to add some punctuation to it. You know, like who cares? Amen. And so, yeah, you got to watch all your words. Amen. I don't want to give the devil any glory here. Amen. As my day, so shall my strength be. Amen. I'm blessed coming in and going out. My eye is not dim and my natural strength is not abated. Amen. Now, Moses proved that by climbing a mountain at the end of his life. I, you know, I ain't got no mountains around, so I got, got to pass on that one. But if I needed to, I'm sure God would, but I thank God I don't have to. Amen. Amen. So we, we speak what we, we speak God's word by faith. And we always affirm what Jesus said. You are affirming. You're not creating anything with your confession. You are affirming what he's already said. Otherwise, it has no power. Amen. You you have to speak what is written. That's what Jesus did. He tells just tell Satan that it is written. Amen. So that's what we're doing. We are speaking what is written. We are uh, confessing and affirming what is written. We're not trying to create anything new. Outside of God's word. We don't have that ability. Thank God. Amen. So we echo his word from within our hearts. 
So we believe unto righteousness, and that it is that spirit of righteousness, that force of righteousness, that resides in our heart, that empowers us to do the things that God wants us to do. Amen? So we must believe that his blood has attained our righteousness. So we always have to keep that blood connection. That righteousness is not just some commodity that fell down on us to make us feel that we've got something or make us feel like we can believe the word more. It was purchased with his blood. So righteousness comes as a replacement for iniquity. It comes as a replacement for the desire to sin. It comes as a replacement for weakness. And it comes as a replacement for every dark force that would try and hinder us from doing the will of God. So when you step into righteousness, all that other stuff is obliterated. It's not even considered. It's not even in the picture. So your your thing then, it's your quest in your life should be to maintain proper standing with God. To maintain right standing with Him. To always walk with Him and never uh, drop holding hands with God. You know, hold on to His unchanging hand. Don't let your mind wander and start wondering about uh, something, how something feels or, uh, you know, a test that you have to have at the doctor's office or anything like that. Just begin to declare what God's word says, what your righteous heart wants to utter. And your your righteous heart wants to utter the word of God and, and stand on your covenant. Amen. Uh, begin to declare what God has said. And know that that word is going before you to pave the way for a good outcome for whatever is is before you. If you have to get a, a test from a doctor, just believe for a good report. Amen. If it doesn't come the first time, believe again. You know, don't get mad at God. Now, I don't know what's wrong. I can tell you what's wrong. <laughs> What you just said is wrong. The fact that you think something is wrong is doubt. Hmm? It's just got nice lipstick and rouge on. (laughs) It's a religious in a big hat, a big church hat. But when we go to doubt and I wonder what's wrong with me. You know, number one, if you're blood bought, nothing's wrong. Nothing you can't correct with a confession. You understand what I'm saying? So what's wrong this minute can be right the next if you get right. Amen. But when we ask stuff like that, what we're really doing is trying to say, oh, um, it's not God's fault, which is really what you think. You want to say, why haven't you done it yet, God? But then you back off. Oh, what's wrong? You put on your religious uh, church lady clothes. Uh, with the rouge and the lipstick, uh, doing your holy dance on the way into the sanctuary. Can't wait to get it. Woo! I was glad when they said, hallelujah. Uh, wonder what's wrong. Oh, wonder what's wrong. See, you start accusing the blood of not being able to do a proper job to keep you in righteousness. That's really what you're doing. And you think you're trying to act like you're taking responsibility. It couldn't be nothing wrong with God. It must be me. Well, ain't nothing wrong with you either. 
There's no wrong in this situation. What's wrong is you need to get your mouth straightened out and start speaking to the devil and making him leave you alone. Many times people get this fake righteousness because they're scared of the devil. Because you know the last time you buked him, he didn't buke too easy. He gave you a run for your money. Because you were wavering anyway. You know the devil knows who's who's doing it for real and who's wavering. You know. If you've got wavering in you, shut up. Don't say nothing. (laughs) Till you get yourself right on your inside and then you come out with both barrels blazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> As my dad used to say, kill every roach you see. Amen. Shoot them all up. And so we, we have to understand that there is an unction from the Holy One that will come through our mouths when righteousness is firmly established. When you know that you know that you know who you belong to, there's nothing wrong with your confession. There's nothing wrong with your faith. You just don't want to commit to doing it forever. If you gotta, if you gotta say it until your tongue falls out and the Lord comes home, you gotta commit to doing it. And see, it's the commitment factor in us that really drives the power in our confession. You know, parents, if, if you're, you, you know, you got a kid who's a project. You know what I'm saying? You're working on him. And, and, They've been rebellious and then all of a sudden they get nice. And your antenna go up. If you're smart. <laughs> and most parents are very smart. And see, you keep your antenna up until they do what you call turn the corner. Or get sincere. Or they're not playing and trying to fool you anymore. See, you, you stay on your watch over them to make sure they really got it. Amen. And they're going to do it consistently. Because that's what you want. You want consistent behavior. Amen. Because you can get, some kids are really good little witches and warlocks on you. You know, some of them work you real good. They watch you and see how you react. And then they plotting and planning to see if they can fool you into thinking that they've changed. Amen. So, so you got to be very, very wise and very understanding. Just don't, don't. You know, keep the hammer down, folks. Don't lighten up on the hammer when you start using the hammer. You gotta keep it down until you get that thing converted and get them changed so that they can see the light. Cause eventually they'll see that you're right. They'll see the light and they'll come into the light and they'll see, well, you know, my mother was just trying to tell me that this was the best way for me and I thought she just wanted me not to have no fun. Got me? So once they get over and see that what they're doing is not having fun, even though they're rebellious, they say, what am I doing this for? It ain't even fun. <laughs> you know? And so that's called enlightenment. That's what you want them to get to is that place of enlightenment. And so you you can start teaching them now, you know, reasoning with them and sharing ideas and what do you think about this and how are you going to do that and so forth and so on. You don't have to keep the hammer down so much. And so that's what you want. You want to get to that place where, and God's, that's what God wants for us, to get us to the place where we are enlightened, we understand, 
And we're making the decision based on our righteousness. God wants to see they want to live right. They want to do everything right. They want to please me. That's why sometimes these things might go on for a while. Because one day we feel like fighting the devil and the next day we just don't care so much. And we're back being passive and blaming God. And so God wants us to be consistent in our attitude to resist the devil. Amen. Because the Bible says if you resist him, he will run in terror. Amen. He must flee. And so we got to believe the word. He might try and act like he's taking his time, but he's really scared to death on the inside. He's just letting you know it. Amen. And so we have to, to understand these things about the way God teaches us how to stay consistent. Because many times there's a next battle coming up that we don't even see yet. And see, if we think we can be slack in this battle and just barely get over, what are you going to do when the next one comes up? And so God is getting us sharpened so that when the next one does come, and they always come, then we can we can add faith to our faith. We can have a foundation of faith that is continuing to grow and to build, and we don't have to cave in to the enemy at all. Amen? At all. Amen? So uh, we believe unto righteousness. Amen? When you believe God's word, you hide it in your heart and meditate on it, that's righteousness inside of you. Amen? So that resides in our hearts. There are other things that, that can creep in. You know, we talk about it. Uh, the Bible talks about it, about the different types of soil that the word was planted on. It says the cares of this life, deceitfulness of riches, lust for things, and other things creeping in can steal the word out of our hearts. So Proverbs 4 tells us to guard our hearts diligently. You know, keep meditating on the word. Keep work, keeping the word in there. When situations come up and you find yourself feeling things on the inside that are foreign to the Spirit of God, you renounce those things. Make those things leave you alone. Oh, I don't want that, devil. You tell God, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I don't want that. You help me with that. I don't want to live like that. I don't want that in my heart. So we must believe that, that number one, Jesus' blood attained our righteousness. Hebrews chapter 12, if you'll go there. It's not your good works. Don't get yourself twisted. Amen. But you better do, you better do good works because the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do it. But they don't earn you. Your good works don't earn you anything. It's what you're supposed to do anyway. So we're not, we're not like adding anything by, by obeying God. You know, He's blessing us accordingly. But it's not like you're doing something extraordinary when you do works of righteousness. They just flow out of you because God lives in you and you choose to obey him. So we must, uh, Hebrews 12 and verse 24, it says here, <clears throat> 22, But you have come unto Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. Amen. Your God is alive. You, this is your residence and the heavenly Jerusalem and to an innumerable company of angels. Too many to number. Amen. 
So don't ever think you're down here and you don't have help or you don't have enough help or you don't have good help. There's an innumerable company of angels and you belong in that company. That's a part of your life. That's a part of who you are. That's a part of where you reside. Just like Jesus said when, when they came to arrest him. He said, I could have 10 or 10 or 6 legions of angels at my disposal anytime. We can too. Because we're joint heirs with him. What he can have, we could have. Amen. So you're not short on angelic help. You're not short on any kind of help. Amen. You know, I hear people say, well, call the angel. Listen, I never called no angel. Amen. Where you get that from? God dispatches them when I need them. I don't know nothing about calling nobody that lives in heaven. Are you kidding me? How you get them? You know, people say all kind of crazy things. They, you know, well, brother so-and-so said that God told him to go dispatch the angels to pick up your money. No, devil, drop it. And I'll get it myself. You understand what I'm saying? It'll come to you by the power of your faith in the word of God. Get off on no crazy tangents. Pretty soon the devil will have fake angels coming appearing to you and it, here I got your money for you. He ain't nothing but a thief. You understand what I'm saying? Don't get involved in stuff you don't have no validation in the word for. Ain't nothing in the word that tells you to call no angel to do nothing for you. You don't even know what language they speak. Well, that's okay. It's true anyway. Okay, if you don't say amen. Amen. You wouldn't know how to talk to one. And most people don't even know when angels are in their midst. The Bible says you, you're entertaining angels unaware sometimes. Cause they come disguised. Amen. They, they'll come in, in, in different forms. God wants them to, to deal with you. He has to dispatch angels to help you. But, but they're ministering spirit for those who will be heirs of salvation. That's, that's you and me. We don't know nothing about how they live and what to tell them to do. Come on now. Let's get real here. We doing good just to keep up with this little word we be confessing when we, when we feel like it. Amen. So stay in your lane. Stay with what you know something about. Don't get off on something you don't know nothing about. People always saying stuff, you know. They got something new for you. No, perfect with the old. Before you go off on something new, learn how to perfect the old stuff. Perfect John 3.16. Let that work for you. Amen. So he says, uh, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, that's you, and to God, the judge of all. Amen. And to the spirits of just men made perfect. So that's your company. That's where you reside. That's our home. Amen. All of this stuff is in your house in heaven. And you, you, you can bring heaven down here on earth. And to Jesus the mediator. Know what the word mediator means? Well, it really means we don't have enough knowledge and expertise to handle this thing ourselves. I'm going to say it again. You need a mediator because you don't have enough knowledge and expertise to handle this stuff yourself. 
So how are you going to dispatch angels somewhere? You need a mediator. You need Jesus to minister over your words. So that the Father understands what you want. The Bible says he ministers, he's the high priest over our confession, profession, what we speak. So your words don't even touch God without Jesus interpreting for the Father, for you, on your behalf. So we need a priest, we need a mediator, we need a lawyer. We need so much help, it's pitiful. But we have it in God, amen? And so he said to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. What did Abel's blood cry out for? Vengeance, justice, amen. It cried out to to God. And so God heard that blood and he had to respond to it. This takes the place of Abel's blood. This speaks louder than Abel's blood. It speaks better things. So Jesus' blood speaks mercy. Amen. It speaks justice and it speaks righteousness, but it also speaks mercy. Amen. So it's spoken into the old covenant law. That's what it does. It speaks an end to the curse of the law. It speaks an end to all of those things that the, the spilt blood of Abel gave us the Abel spilt blood is what gave us the Mosaic law that had to be written out so we would know thou shalt not kill many people still haven't gotten that memo Planned Parenthood So his blood speaks better things. And it says here, see that you don't refuse him that speaks. For if they escape not who refused him that spoke on the earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away him that speaks from heaven. Amen. So there's the greater grace you have, the greater penalty you have for not obeying. Amen. You know, we don't like to think like that, but it makes sense. That's what it says right here. So if if they were penalized under the old covenant, they didn't have as good a covenant. We got a better one. We're able to obey in a better fashion. If you got the Spirit of God residing in you, you can hear him all the time. Israel had to wait once a year to hear the word spoken. You understand? Now, they were commanded to rehearse it. In their households, but you really think people do that? They don't do it now. As many Bibles as we have. Got it on your phone, that's the last app you open. Cause you gotta get your text messages, you gotta get your Facebook, you gotta get on the phone. That little Bible app probably got dust on it if it's such a thing as <laughs> app having dust on it. Amen. Amen. Still, if you open it, it's probably Genesis War 1. That's where they all start. Katie, there ain't no evidence you've even been in there. Huh? So, yeah. You know, why would God? He's given us a blank check to a good life, spiritually and naturally speaking. 
So why would he not hold us accountable to use that life? Amen. And to live that life. So, well, Jesus, his, his blood speaks louder than our sin. It's the one thing you gotta know about the, cause it speaks from eternity. So it drowns out, I didn't do this right. It drowns out, my confession isn't what it should be. It drowns out, I didn't read the word for three days. It drowns out, I didn't pray in tongues enough. It speaks louder and longer than any, any word related to your faults, misgivings, iniquity, sin, anything like that. Amen? And religion, though, has a loud voice where your flaws and sins are concerned. Religious people always want to tell you what you did wrong. Amen? And never come up to you and tell you did anything right. Amen? And they want to talk about everybody else's wrongdoing. Amen? So righteousness does not speak like that. Amen? Righteousness speaks better things. Amen? When we sin, we have an advocate, not a con- accuser, and not one who condemns us. You have a lawyer who comes and speaks on your, you have a mediator. You have an advocate. Amen. A mediator will always try to find a place of peace between two parties. So the mediator comes in to cut a deal and bring peace. When you abide in his righteousness, then the blood begins to speak on your behalf. Amen. So that's how when you when you stand in righteousness, you can speak to the devil and he'll flee. He's fleeing not because you so big and bad, but because the God behind you is a righteous God. And God comes to bat for you and will uphold what you speak. Amen. Jesus' blood, his blood speaks of love for the brethren and not vengeance like Abel's did. So Jesus' blood always speaks love and love always goes the extra mile. Amen. It always, it will always find a place of abiding with somebody who really needs God. It speaks peace between us and God. So that there's no strife, no animosity. You're not at odds with God. He's not, he's not mad at you. He's not at odds with you. There's peace between us. Amen. It speaks grace and not wrath. Amen. So in, in mercy and mercy will quell the wrath of God. Amen. So that the grace can abide in our lives. His blood speaks forgiveness. Even when we sin, even when we uh, do things deliberately, you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you're just going to do it anyway, going to try it anyway. Amen. You know it's you have your doubts if it's the right thing to do. Oh, well, I'll go tell the people at the Y. I'll tell the people on the Internet. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> No, there's some things we do out of stubbornness, rebellion. We're not sure if God's leading us, but we'll try it anyway to see if it's going to work. You get out there and do it and it backfires. Oh, yeah, it wasn't God. Well, he was trying to tell you that all along. His His blood speaks blessing, not curse. There's no curse on the new covenant. 
You know, we've been taught such nonsense sometimes. You know, you just need to stand on what the grace of God ministers to you. Amen. You know, this business about giving and tithing. You know, people want to resurrect the curse all of a sudden because you don't give them your 10%. See what I'm saying? If it's, I would rather you just, you know, live at the level of blessing where your faith has you than to demand anything from you. You can't demand faith from people. You know, if I were going to try to make you do something, I'd make you believe God to live supernaturally in divine health. After you're healthy, money's no object. They tend to go hand in hand in God's kingdom. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you, you know, that, that's beyond my pay grade to talk to you about how to have wealth. I just tell you, believe you have it. You know, we don't need to go much further than that. Now, the blood of Jesus speaks life and not death. It will always invite you to life. It will never tell you you can't be healed. It will never tell you your faith isn't going to work to get you what you need. It's not going to tell you that. It speaks better things. Amen? His blood soothes and heals your conscience. When when you've done wrong. And you don't know how to let go of it. You just begin to plead the blood over your conscience. God, I thank you that, that, that you can soothe my aching conscience, my nagging conscience. Amen. And then you'll, you'll realize that, you know what? You say something, you know what? I've gone like three weeks and haven't beat myself up about so and so, such and such. Or you can look down the road and, 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 Remember when you used to feel bad about yourself every day and you said, man, those days are gone. I feel good about myself. I can remember when I beat myself up every day because I did this, that, and that when I was in the world. You got me? And so it, it, the blood does that. The blood, your blood bought conscience. It purges your conscience from dead works. And after a while, you can't even find them anymore. And it purges your conscience from wanting to do dead works. So so then you want to do what's right. You want to do the good thing that God desires for you to do. So the blood really helps you cooperate with God. Because you have a new source of strength and life inside of you. It's a spiritual source and a spiritual strength. And so you you have that in you now. Where you can abide with God and you feel like you belong there. You don't feel like, well, let me just ask God for what I want and and get out of town before he realizes it's me asking. You know what I'm saying? We, we want to keep them little short conversations and hope he don't recognize our voice. Amen. And so you you can abide there. You, know, you can say, oh. This feels like home. I think I'll just pull up an easy chair, just me and God, and and meditate on the Word or think about what God, the good plan He has for my life. So the blood will speak that your situation is not hopeless because you have the seed of divine life in you and there's healing seed inside of you already. That's why it's easy for a saint to receive healing from God Because that seed of divine health by the Spirit of Christ is in you already. So you've got 
seed of the word in you. You got the word of redemption already abiding in you. So you can build on that seed. You can feed that seed that's already there. So it's not like you're a stranger to to the word of health on the inside of you, even if you've never uh, believed God for healing before. If you've never had to believe him for healing before, you're still healed. Amen. You're still healthy. You're a healthy person on the inside. Amen. I can remember being in a church when we when we first started, there was they never had a sick list. And one week the pastor remarked about it. He said, I just realized he said, We're one of the few churches we got they had maybe like three or four hundred people in that church, at least a couple hundred, and he said, We don't have a sick list with all of the people that we have in here. And and herd it's called herd immunity. God's flock. Amen. You just come to church, you feed on the word, you receive what's there, and you got herd immunity. It'll keep you for such a long time. Amen. And if there's any sick among us, we call and and come up to the altar. Amen. And get that cast out of you. Get that sickness uh, thrown off of you. So it's it's a good thing to understand that that the healer lives in you. Health lives in you. Sickness cannot stay because your health is eternal. Sickness is temporary. It's from the world. Anything that's from the world. Listen, Satan is late to the party. He got kicked out of heaven and came down to earth with all his hell and with all his symptoms and with all his evil report, bad news and accusation. And he's an angry devil. The Bible says he's very angry. He has great wrath. So don't think you just fight him one time and he won't be back anymore because you bad. You bad. No, he's worse. Amen. (laughs) So you just go back and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. You stay under God's feathers. Amen. And every now and then you peek out and say, I bind you devil and you go right back in again. (laughs) Coming out there like you go for bad. Just say what you got to say and let God handle him for you, okay? So sickness is temporary. Death is temporary. Amen? We we taste death when we leave this earth, but then we come alive again in Christ. You know, to be absent from the body is in the presence of the Lord. If you're his, you take on his life when you're in his presence. Amen? When you leave this body. And so death is temporary. So is sickness. Sickness is a slow form of death, but it's temporary too. And it leaves at the command of God's word. Amen. Leaves at the command of God's word. Meditating on the word of God feeds the seed of health and healing inside of us. And that thing begins to grow. See, you may not feel it. You may not have any indication that you're getting better. you got to be better by faith. You gotta believe that every day that you're in the Word, every day that you worship God, and every day that you give glory to God, you're getting better and better and better. Health is returning. Sickness is leaving. Symptoms are diminishing. Amen? Now you might have some stubborn symptoms that might take a little effort to get them off of you, but you keep at it and they must leave. Amen? They must leave. Never compromise with the enemy. 
You know, don't don't let because something doesn't seem to be bothering you. Don't let it hang around because the enemy watches to see when we get lax on things and then he'll come up with something really overwhelming. Then you'll wonder where your confession is. You wonder where your faith is. You start wondering. So always keep your, your faith, your faith trigger finger ready to pull the trigger. Amen. Keep it ready. Keep it always ready. Because there's always a devil to fight. There's always another battle. If your life is comfortable, go pray for somebody else. Amen. If, if you got it all together, use your faith to, but don't let it just lie around doing nothing. Always be your own biggest faith project. Stay stay on it. Amen. Because there's always a devil to fight. There's always another battle in God's kingdom. And really, you're an ambassador for Christ. It's not just about your life. But your life is important because you got to stay healthy because he lives in you. Amen. You know, you'll see people that put up with sickness and symptoms and then want to talk about uh, taking care of the temple. You know, with their vitamins and their green juice and, and all of that kind of stuff. You know, got your teeth looking all funny from drink, drinking green stuff. I mean, call me vain if you want to or whatever. But I'm not having green teeth because somebody told you you got to drink all that green stuff. Amen. I'm not going there. I'm not having a green tongue. I'm not having green nothing. Amen. Now, now, eat me some greens. <laughs> but that's more in throwdown mode. They don't even touch your teeth if you know how to eat them right. <laughs> Just a thought. Amen. Just a thought. But, you know, we'll pick up anything except the word. No, you pick up. Punishment, affliction, all kinds of stuff. Vinegar and what were they drinking? Vinegar and what's that stuff? Cider vinegar and something else they had everybody drinking. Apple cider vinegar and not just any apple cider vinegar. This one over here because it's four dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. They got you. Because the devil can see an idiot coming. He gets the hook in you. Amen. Drink the cider vinegar and you can eat as many whoppers as you want to. Well, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You want to be thin and dainty? You got to eat like a thin, dainty person. (laughs) You can't have it two ways. Amen. If you want the anointing, you got to read your Bible and you got to pray. You got to do, you got to pay the price for whatever it is. That you want. So there's no such thing as you don't have to. You could skip that if you just do this. Then if you do this, I'll send you the right brand and you can give me four, five dollars for it. Amen. So, so there's always a price to pay, folks. There's always a price to pay. There's no, um, shortcut to the anointing. There's no shortcut to the power of God. It, it costs Jesus something. It costs him everything. It's going to cost us the same thing. Other than that, we'd just be trying to steal things. So you're going to have to spend time with God. You have to study your word. You have to meditate on your word and, and quit cutting corners, trying to get everything on sale. 
Amen. Just allow God to and, and let him begin to take over your life more and more. It's a very rich life if God's in charge of it. You're going to be in poverty if you start cutting corners. Amen. And trying to get something and say, well, God don't mind. And, uh, you know, I, I told somebody else I made a commitment. Well, yeah, right. Keep committing to people other than God. Amen. And see where you wind up. Amen. You wind up on the scrap heap of life. Amen. You will. And so once God comes into your life, he owns you. You don't own yourself. Amen. You want to be a person of integrity. Be a person of integrity to God, first and foremost. Because he's the one who He helps you to keep any commitment you make. Amen. So uh, <clears throat> we said death is temporary, so is sickness. You gotta understand that any sickness that attacks you must leave. I don't care what they, what name they put on it. Amen. They put big names on the stuff to scare us. But it's temporary. Amen. You know, you'll, you'll start going to the doctor and they'll tell you, well, you're gonna have to take this for the rest of your life. I'm gonna say, no, I'm an eternal life. Amen. Uh, there's no eternal pill that God wants me to take for anything. Amen. I'm already taking my eternal life pill. Amen. By the, the word of God and feast on the word of God. Amen. At some point, divine life will win out if you don't quit. And that Satan's job is to keep us in the mentality of quitting. When you start to wonder about when it's going to happen, how long it's been, that's quit knocking at your door. Amen? Because that's what's prompting you to be concerned about time, is a desire to quit. And to not continue in the word so that you can get what you need from God. So that's why sometimes we have to work with these things for a while. It's like, well, okay, if, if, if you're, you're, you're meditating on the word, you're reading the word, you're worshiping God. Why are you in a hurry for anything if that's your lifestyle anyway? I mean, what are you going to do different? You're going to quit worshiping? You're going to quit reading your word? Huh? You know, you don't study the Bible like you do a textbook. It's a life book. You don't just study for the test and after the test is over you shut the book up and go someplace else. This is this is course after course after course in your in your span of life. That that word is life to you. You're you're receiving life. You're not just reading some pages. You're not just going through uh temporarily so that you can get a little something from God and then after you're done you quit. <laughs> I mean, what, what's your hurry? And see, God knows when we're done and when we're not done. And sometimes things are prolonged because your heart's not right. You want to quit this as soon as you can so you can go back to loafing and freeloading and looking at apps and stupid stuff on television. And, huh? Y'all was, everybody was so caught up in empire. You know, I see what what Lucius. Ooh, you see Lucius. Ooh, he just so pretty. I likes him. See his good hair. 
And his green eyes or whatever. I could look at them eyes all day long. Lucius ain't no good. See what he did to Cookie. She was a, how many years was she in jail? 13 years or something messing around with him. Yeah, he purdy all right. Uh, leave Lucius over there with cookies. They know how to handle each other. You ain't got nothing to do with them people. Amen. Galatians 6, <laughs> verse. <laughs> it says in verse 7, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, he'll also reap. Amen. If you sow slothfulness into your life of God, you're going to reap that. Amen. You might as well get diligent about the word. If you're going to mess around with the word at all, be diligent about it. Amen. Be faithful with it. Always use the word. It says, for what he sows, if for he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Amen. When you, you're so right now, you're sowing to the spirit. You're submitting, it's a passive way of sowing, but you're submitting to the word of God by hearing it. So you're sowing to the spirit when you sit and listen to the word of God. Amen? Especially the preach word of God where you're assigned to receive it. You're sowing to the spirit. And at some point, your spirit is going to be called upon to use what it is that you hear. I don't care how long it takes. Most times, God will have you remember something you heard on Sunday before the week is out. Because so, you know, really, if you miss a Sunday, you're way behind already. You you were doing good sometimes just to keep up from Sunday to Sunday. And so when we when we understand that, that you are sowing to the Spirit by submitting and listening to the Word of God, amen, so then you'll reap spiritual things. You'll reap things that pertain to eternal life. That's why herd mentality keeps congregations healthy. Because you just come regularly. You come and graze in God's, in God's pasture. You receive the word and it keeps you whole. It keeps you healthy. Compare yourself with people you know that don't attend church. They're in the doctor's office all the time. You know, sick all the time. Because they're living like natural people. We're not natural people. We're supernatural people. Anytime you can speak a word and something disappear and it goes away, you're living supernaturally. Where sinners are out there sweating and striving and not sure and getting this test and running back and forth and getting this medicine and that medicine, you have an assurance in you that this thing is not going to last forever. You're working on it right now getting rid of it amen so so this is your advantage so so he says if you sow to the spirit you'll reap life everlasting don't ever look to sow on anything bad you do i mean to reap on it you repent of it amen and declare crop failure uproot that seed don't keep nurturing it amen just keep uprooting it and and say god i'm not dealing in that anymore you know, forgive me for ever getting involved with that kind of nonsense. I don't want it. Amen. And start to uproot these things so they don't get rooted in your heart and start to bear fruit. But you can, it, anything the Father has not planted will be rooted up, folks. 
It don't stay with you forever. Get rid of this stuff. Get rid of nonsense. And he says, for this reason, because you're looking to reap things related to everlasting life, don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get weary speaking the word. Don't get weary expecting a miracle. Don't get weary expecting to walk in divine health. Don't get weary in well-doing. What that means is is the things that you do to foster the word of God to come to pass in your life. Don't get tired of it. You know, people need to take that. Christians need to take that word out of their vocabulary. Huh? You ain't tired. Huh? said no god i take that back i thought i was tired because i know if i sit down the devil is only two steps behind me written again on me but the bible says you'll reap in due season everybody thinks their season is instant huh we want it to be well i know god don't want me to suffer you better act like it then huh See, we act like it's on him to take pain off. He already took it. I said he already took it. He bore our pains and he carried our sorrows. Well, how come him in pain then? You better start agreeing with his word and quit doubting it. How come? What you mean how come? You think there's a reason that the devil has permission to put pain on you? That's your how come. Because you're doubting it. And you're blaming God, but you're trying to act like you're not. There, I said it. Huh? How come it's taking so long? He waiting for you to get your faith in gear. Quit dragging it around and put it front and center where he can see it. Now the Bible says over and over again, when Jesus saw their faith, when you're whining about time, he's not seeing your faith. You gotta show it to him. So start showing him your faith. Amen? So, so, we will reap. It will come to pass. At some point, divine life will win out if you don't quit. Faith does not quit. Faith has no quit in it. Faith has no expiration date. Faith is eternal. It has no time no, it, that it lives in where it expires. Righteousness doesn't quit. So if you believe God and it's counted you as righteousness, right, righteousness gets bold and conquers, goes out and obtains what you need. Righteousness is, is a very, um, uh, a force that accomplishes. It's an accomplishing force. So righteousness will accomplish your healing and your health. It'll accomplish your prosperity. It'll accomplish everything for you. Abraham had a raggedy life and got rich. That's why I wonder why Christians make such a big deal about prosperity. Financial prosperity. Huh? You don't have to do a whole lot to get rich in God's kingdom. You don't have to study 24-7 how to do stuff. Huh? You can stumble on wealth. Huh? (laughs) I 
mean, seriously, it doesn't take a whole lot. It just takes setting your hand to something consistently. Not giving up. Set my hand to what? It doesn't matter. The Bible says whatever you set your hands to. It doesn't matter. You just have to do it consistently. Now therein is the problem. People who don't have faith keep trying different things over and over again. Now don't shout me down, you know. They think they got faith, but they're just trying stuff. You can't try wealthy. It's something that there's some rules that go along with obtaining wealth. And most Christians who are attempting financial prosperity aren't playing by the rules. Or they would be there. Now there's some of us that don't really want. You know, I mean, it's not like a big thing to a lot of us. But you want to live well. You want to have the things that God wants you to have. You don't want to have lack. So the same road that you get on to fight lack is the same road that will bring you wealth if you stay on it. So you get to the place where you walk in no lack, in abundance, and then if you stay on that road, you eventually walk into more abundance. Surplus. Wealth. Amen? And so it's just it's just about being diligent, staying on the same road. Keeping a mindset of prospering. God is making me successful. God's righteousness is causing me to do well. God's causing me to prosper. I was listening to our uh, 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 friend Rush Limbaugh. We've been praying for him. He passed away this past Wednesday. And he mentioned the fact that they played one of his old tapes. And he mentioned the fact that he was in radio for 20 years before it turned for him and he got prominent. And see, most people, when they first hear of you, they think you just got started. And he he had been in radio. He said, I've been fired from seven jobs. He said, I left home and then wound up having to go back to live with my parents while I looked for it. Now, he's had all the ups and downs, but he died a multimillionaire. Because he stayed, he said, I knew that I would have, I wouldn't have joy in my life unless I did this for a living. And he said, I was fortunate and blessed that it paid off for me. You got me? And so that's following the track. You don't, you're not an, oh, you don't blow up overnight. If you blow up overnight, you'll fizzle out overnight too. You understand me? So God wants us to, to live well, but he wants our blessings to come without sorrow. He wants them to be added to an already complete life. Amen. And so once we understand that, you don't have any struggle about wealth and about getting rich and all of those things. You just know that God's your provider and he's got riches and glory you haven't even tapped into yet. So you don't have any strive and struggle and and all of this kind of stuff over money. God would not have it so. He'd rather give you what you want than to have you bit mad at him because you can't get it. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, seriously. He'll let you have it and let it ruin you so you'll see what he meant when he told you to just be diligent and be patient with yourself. Amen? So when we understand the righteousness factor, when we understand the blood factor, when we understand we need a mediator, all of those things, you'll know also that God has these things already given to us by his covenant. It's, it's never a question whether he wants you to have it. He already told you it's yours. The question is, do we believe? 
Amen. He says all things are possible to him who believes. Got to believe God. You got to believe in his righteousness. You got to believe just stand right with him is all you need to do in order to prosper, to be healthy, to be wealthy, to have every blessing of the covenant. Amen. So those of you who are on the internet, you can join us next Sunday for communion. We'll be receiving Holy Communion together. And, uh, you know, just allow yourself to let God make that, that transfer of what you need from his heart to yours, from his kingdom to yours. And we'll receive that next Sunday when we get together. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you for what you have done in our midst today. Thank you, Lord, that your word is life. Your word is light. Your word is hope. It's peace. It's contentment. It's righteousness. And Lord, we thank you for your holy word. And we bless you for what you're doing in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Why don't we do our confession? I don't have Rona. And she don't have me. I can't get Rona. And she can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It's so decreed. Amen.